A lefty right layup. Hoorah! Hoorah! Marine call. Green call. My call. My call. Your call. Your call. My call. My call. Give me that old Marine Corps spirit. Give me that old Marine Corps spirit. Give me that. Welcome to the launch episode of In the Fighting Hole, a Marine Center of Exploration of Service. I'm your host, Marine Adrian Yobi Blumberg. I served from 1991 to 1995, and I mustered out of Cherry Point, North Carolina, from Marine Wing Support Squadron 271 back in March of 1995. In the Marines, I was an 1142 electrical equipment repair specialist on active duty, We'll be exploring what it means to serve from active to reservist to veteran Marine. We'll be doing interviews with local and regional veterans. We'll be talking to Marine corpsmen, reservist, FMF chaplain, and also hearing from people who love their jobs and want to talk about it. The theme of this show and this specific show is into my fighting hole I go. The theme of it, as you can imagine, is about when you found yourself or when we found ourselves in a literal, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual fighting hole and what each of us has done to overcome it when we're in that defensive position, when we're we're hunkered down, the most basic defensive position since men and boys and girls started throwing rocks at each other. You just dig a hole and get into it. Now, in talking, uh, in talking about the, in the fighting hole, going into my fighting hole, it's, it's important to note that we are endorsed. I'm endorsed by, uh, Marine Corps League Lieutenant Frank Reasoner detachment. 919, it's the East Bay's Marine Corps League, and also the San Francisco Bay Area's Marine for Life Network representative, Patrick Free. Now, the views that are expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of the Marine Corps or the Marine Corps League, uh, but they do endorse it. I am here to get the word out about about being a Marine veteran, what service means. And and the vehicle is the Marine Corps League. And we're partnered with the Marine for Life Network. Now, in this show, Into My Fighting Hole I Go, can be downloaded from many podcast venues, including iTunes, uh, Spreaker, Anchor, Blueberry Press, uh, and, of course, on our website, fightinghole.vet. That's fightinghole.vet. You can also find it on the website for the Marine Corps League, Detachment 919, Lieutenant Frank Reason Detachment, at eastbaymarines.us. That's, again, eastbaymarines.us. Their detachment is located here at the Veterans Memorial Building in San Francisco at 1105 Bancroft Avenue. It meets the second Saturday of every month. They also have a Marine Veteran Social, uh, everyone is welcome to come. If you are over 21, bring your own food, bring your own drinks. It's called Tun Tavern in honor of where the Marine Corps was founded 
back in 1775. It's also at the Veteran Memorial Building, and it occurs on the fourth Tuesday of every month. Now, I'd just like to remind all our other detachments and Marines out there, if you are interested in joining the Marine Corps League, all you have to do is bring your DD-214, have been discharged honorably, and also have served in the FMF Fleet Corpsman or in the Chaplain Corps, uh, and be a Marine. You don't have to have been a veteran. You could be active duty. Uh, we welcome all kinds and stripes. Um, yeah, and $40, I believe, is the dues, and that will get you in. And they vote on you and bring you in as a member. Now, I just wanted to say that there are other regional attachments, uh, both north, east, and south of us, uh, and we'll be talking about them as well. And any other regional attachments have a blank check at In the Fighting Hole for announcing any kind of event or goings on that will be happening in the area or that they directly relate to them. Uh, just email anything that you might have uh, to get out to the public at comms at fightinghole.vet. That's fightinghole.vet. So, a little bit more about me. I'm looking for employment, more in the range of serving veterans. Uh, I trans I'm transferring out of operations and logistics. I've been doing that for over 20 years. Quite literally, I'm pretty much doing the same work that I did when I went into the Marine Corps. And my warrant officer goes, Blumberg, Blumberg, you look like you, uh, you're good with computers. Of course, I wanted to press him. Yes, warrant officer, I... I am pretty good with it. I bet you've done all kinds of things. Probably, probably really good with it. You've been, how long, when was the first computer you had? He just drew it out of me. And next thing you know, I am doing all admin <laughs> for the squadron. Uh, all the training, anything paperwork related. That's what I was handling. So I, I, I fell into this. We're, we're going to be covering this. It is, a show that is about, it's about me exploring y'all. It's, it's about understanding what my service was and why I have a heart to continue serving. What, what is the driver behind that? Uh, some of the things that uh, I do in this regard, I, I found the Marine Corps League last summer, and I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Jim Olson, he was walking uh, through the downtown San Leandro Plaza, and I happened to see his uh, non-cami, but plain green, mean green marine cover on, and hurrah, as we do in public. Uh, he turned around, we got to talking, and, and I'd never heard of the Marine Corps League. Never heard about it in my life. I would have been, a, I would have joined it decades ago if I'd heard about it. When I got out of the service, it was, uh, it was, it was a rough ride. It was a very challenging, challenging ride. And we'll get into that later. But since then, I, I my son is now part of the Golden Gate Young Marines, uh, which is swiftly growing. It's an excellent program for young children from as early as eight and going all the way through graduating in high school. Uh, that's the Golden Gate Young Marines at GGYM. I believe they're changing their website right now, but uh, not to fret, we're going to be having them on at least once a quarter, tell us what's going on with young Marines, as well as the local sea cadets 
that meet down in Hayward. Uh, some other organizations we're going to be hearing from is Captain Free and any other Marine for Life uh, network representatives or liaisons uh, that want to get the word out on events that are coming into their area. So we want to make sure and get you plugged in while we're doing this. So one of the things I put on as the roles I assumed was communications officer, and which is an appointed position, and also what, what the Marine Corps League lovingly calls the web sergeant. <laughs> Here in Silicon Valley, uh, I haven't quite felt like I, I would get very far with that. I certainly get strange looks when I say it. Uh, everyone's pretty much used to webmaster. Now, have I always been a webmaster? No, I've always been into, into the internet. For sure, I've been into the internet uh, and computers. My first one was an Apple IIe, a green screen, two floppy drives. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I just got endless enjoyment of making a little stick figure boat sail across the screen. <laughs> that was way back in the mid-80s. Uh, then, of course, I discovered cars and girls and, and, and distraction. Um, joined the Marines because I, I thought I was taking care of many things. One, I was serving my country. I thought it was my duty. From small town in West Texas, you might have heard of it. Uh, it's Odessa, lovingly called Odessa, Slodessa, <laughs> and, and many other things. But it is got a small mark in history. Uh, our former president, George W. Bush, was born in Odessa. His father was an oil man in the industry. He worked in the industry out of Midland, Texas, which is our sister city. Uh, so, and I don't know if you're familiar with that area. You might have heard a little bit or seen something on uh, Friday Night Lights. It was a book that was written my sophomore year and came out my senior year and was turned into a movie and then a television series. We don't have to get into it too much, but needless to say, those those are the people that I grew up with and I know intimately. Fifth generation Odessan. Um, everyone, uh, most men in my family, both sides had served in some capacity. And as I understand it, I'm the only Marine, which is fine by me. I don't mind being the best by myself. <laughs> okay, so... So I had to teach myself some IT. Uh, one of the programs I found as the Marine Corps League's liaison to the Marine for Life Network. Uh, and our goal, again, is to meet transitioning families as soon as possible and get them networked in, uh, was to explore all the avenues that were on the Internet, all the different veteran websites and what, what's available out there. Just do as complete a survey as possible. Um, and certainly, certainly, I, and, and this is on the website as well, is that uh, what I want y'all to, to know about, about us, about Marines, and most of you are Marines, you know this, is it's, it's about me, right? It's about you, and it's about us together. Yeah, always hear, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah. Honestly, I thought that was a recruiter's tagline. I mean, seriously, seriously, once a Marine, always a Marine. My experience when I got out had been that meant if somebody said they were in the Marines, we'd go, oh, and hug or whatever, and hey, where were you stationed and move on. But it typically didn't turn into anything other than 
maybe an embarrassing moment for our friends and family as we, we talked, uh, broke into acronym speak and talked about things they didn't know about. Uh, but it was there. It was there. It's spirit of core, that brotherhood, sisterhood, the, uh, semper fatris. Always faithful. So it's, it's about every one of us, really. Every one of us Marines who, who earned that title. Before we set out to learn our various military occupational skills and, and then became deployed, you know, areas throughout every part of the world. Since the inception of the Corps back in 75, 1775. And that title, United States Marine, really, that's just a phrase. Uh, the title is utterly meaningless without the context from which it springs. That solid foundation on which Marines are built. That, that foundation, that service. When you, when you hear service, what do you think of that? What, what pops into your mind? Do you think of a politician? Do you think of a, a, a reverend, a, a priest? Do you think of charity, feeding the homeless? What is it? Hmm? Certainly, in my travels and discussions, it seems many of us were already predisposed to service. Certainly, when I joined the Marine Corps, I was in the International Order of Demolay, and I was volunteering, and I was handing out flyers in the parking lot, and went in and started talking to the recruiters. It was kind of nice to get the attention, quite frankly. <laughs> have, have somebody fawning over this 17-year-old. Uh, uh, well, we Marines, I've learned since, we, we've been graced, we've been graced with the privilege of having a crystal clear understanding of the motivation of service in the Marines, it is, it's imbued deep through centuries uh, worth of hard tackling by battalions of drone instructors to create this well-honed, visceral crucible that breaks down all the resistance of the recruits through the squeezing and stressing and pressing so that within the Marines who emerge from graduation, uh, that ingot of service that was in us has been transformed into a bonding agent that, that I like to think we call it esprit de corps. Me and my partner, Sabrina, we, we uh, go round and round a little bit on that, the pronunciation, it's esprit de corps. And, and that's important. In the spirit of the corps, right? What is that it, to the uninitiated? <laughs> Those who didn't get broken in boot camp. Well, in its modern expression, it's a, a different assertion of brother and sisterhood among those of us who, who prepared and had prepared to share mud, blood, uh, dirt, and going further still, going together to share the injury, even pain and, and death, right? It's what we signed up for. The core has often been the first of our military uh, to face conflicts that, that threaten or call to us. You know, it's within those conflicts when finding ourselves before the gate of the final experience, you know, stripped down of all those prejudices, every experience uh, 
is past. All our desires and dreams and goals, whether they've been filled or unfilled, is it's gone. We find a truth known to all of those that have gone before us. We will all pass through that final gate. What we have before we pass through that final gate then really is each other. Right? Well, so how how did I end up here, right? <laughs> how am I on a podcast? What's going on? Uh, and so I got here. I'm, I'm typically the kind of person that goes all in on whatever I'm into. Uh, and uh, there's really no better way for me to address all the many questions that might arise. And certainly they were all over the Internet when I jumped onto social media. We went from zero to 100 miles an hour in a day. Uh, it seemed like to a lot of people out interfacing with us on social media. And that's because... My first meeting here at uh, Lieutenant Frank Reasoner Detachment in San Leandro, that, that happened last July. Last July, and uh, my first meeting, there was, uh, you know, didn't seem like anything special, but uh, it was. It, it ended up being very special. Uh, well... Well, uh, let me let me back up a little bit. Uh, I, I kind of jumped into a Marine Air Wing Facebook group, and, and they got concerned that I was a fraudster trying to uh, peddle some goods for money. But so backing up, since I'm someone who goes all in, uh, I just want to assure you that that will never be any. Uh, commercial advertisements coming from the Marine Corps League. It is strictly non-profit and they don't, they don't talk about politics or religion. I find that very appealing. Um, so this, this is what I call this is Hey Marines, how I met my detachment or my favorite, uh, the ghost detachment. Now, where I am today and I might get a little personal here where I am today and I'm being straight up right now. This is no BS. How I got started here was this last July in 2018. That's when I first met um, with, you know, nickname for him is the Ghost Detachment. And this is a story about them. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, you'll need some basics about me. Again, my name's Adrian Yobi Blumberg. I'm your host. Yobi's a nickname that I got uh, over the years and it's not exactly relevant. We can talk about it later. I'm a 46-year-old service-connected disabled Marine who was, uh, well, I've been twice divorced. It happens. I come from where the endless skies cover, a hard-tackled desert where oil and gas dictate the cycles of boom and bust for everyone for hours and hours around. So you might as well understand when I admit to living in the land of new, fruits and nuts in California that uh, my experience is deeply rooted uh, in, in this kind of self-reproach. Many Texans swear they would never live in California. 
And here I am in California. There are no cities or towns in, in San Francisco. Don't take offense. Fruitier than San Francisco. And again, I mean no insult. It can be taken uh, both a figurative and literal description that I find quite endearing. Uh, living in the Bay, uh, one learns to accept the nuts. Uh, I can get why. I mean, there, there are more harebrained crackpot ideas packed into this area on everything under the sun that are as likely to make you filthy rich in the disgustingly wealthy kind of way as they are to put you on the corner of a run-down uh, biker gang-guarded trailer park uh, with someone running around screaming at you every so often talking about third eyes and M's on your hand and uh, treating violence to keep sane souls more than a discreet distance away, you know? Now, I live across from that guy running around uh, spouting some things. They're full-on 5150. And <laughs> I can't go into some of the things, but I am a homeowner in California. By homeowner, I mean I own my 2017 30-foot Airstream, which has bunks for my boys, uh, both 12 and 14. Uh, I also own my, my truck, uh, and I'm largely debt-free. Uh, and, and I am by some minor miracle, I might add. So I'm struggling through underemployment while I'm trying to make this shift into being uh, veteran services. Uh, I quite enjoy it. I, I enjoy dealing with veterans and hearing their stories. I did it in college, worked in social work, and, and heard a lot of World War I veteran stories. Uh, now, I had I'd never gotten laid off till I moved to California, and that can be a tough break for anyone, right? We in America put a lot of stock into where we work and, and how we've climbed that ladder and how that defines us. We've, that's just our, our quote-unquote religion, so to speak. It's our job. We work harder and harder every day. I experienced my first layoff. And and I'd given more blood and sweat to that company than I'd actually, frankly, given to the Marine Corps. It certainly didn't inspire as much in me uh, as the Marines did. And But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I certainly had to evaluate where I was coming from and where I was going. What, did I have golden handcuffs on? What, where I, was I being held back from doing what I loved and, and enjoying it? And what kind of example am I showing my children? They, they're going to learn from watching far. I believe my mom said, yeah, I know my mom said this. It, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. And I get it. People are going to show you who they are long before they tell you. So I want to do that for my boys. I want to show that I have set specific goals that I've spoken about and, and that they're dreams and I want to accomplish them. And, and that I'm good at many things, you know, good at others. But what makes me happy most is, is painting, uh, <laughs> 
I, I love doing writing. I play the drums. Uh, I have a propensity for uh, ops and logistics, working smart, not hard, uh, and learning what love is with my partner, Sabrina. And I've been struggling to readjust my sails and sail in this new direction. Uh, and my two boys have about seven years, six years till they graduate and are ready to go to college. And the schooling system here is good for them. They've had some challenges in, in other states, quite frankly. Uh, and they're doing good here and they've got friends. So that's why I'm in my Airstream. That's why I live in a trailer park. Because I could afford it while I'm, I'm, and it gives me room to breathe. So obviously, you know, I was in the court at some point. You know, I joined in the quality enlistment program, as many did, August of 1990. Uh, and a week later, Saddam invaded Kuwait. Uh, after graduating from Fermian in 91, I went after a short summer to MCRD. Uh, after MCRD, and by the way, I was in uh, 1st Battalion, 1074. Era. It was the honor platoon. I graduated from Fermina High and I went to MCRD, then MCT in San Onofre. San Onofre, California. Where it goes. My MOS school, Military Occupational School, was at Courthouse Bay in Camp Lejeune, where I became an 1142, which is an electrical equipment repair specialist. Now, I still have my license for my MEP MEP generators in my wallet. Weird. <laughs> What makes it through the years? I still have my wallet. I still have my green jungle boots from uh, boot camp. I hung on to them all these years. It just, it's just odd the things we hang on to and what we lose. Afterward, I was uh, stationed Cherry Point, North Carolina in 92 with the Marine Wing Support Squadron 271 attached to Marine Wing uh, Support Group 27. Uh, it was in a motor transport maintenance platoon, and I was uh, part of the Cherry Point Theatrical Ensemble and was busy with my uh, new family. Yes, I got married right after boot. Uh, of course, when they tell you you shouldn't do that in your first tour of duty, uh, I immediately went and did it. Uh, <laughs> it was my high school sweetheart. We lived in Otway, Smyrna, and New Bern in North Carolina in the, some of the smallest, most run-down places, but they were ours. And uh, we tried moving into base housing. That was interesting. My goal was to be a career Marine. It was, it was my, my goal. I, I, I figured I'd enlist and take the SATs, which I did apply for an officer program if, as soon as I was uh, qualified for one and, and uh, become an officer, be a Mustang. Uh, so that way I wasn't trying to order Marines around not knowing where they came from, what it was like to be enlisted. I want to be able to run a mile in a person's shoes before I tell them to go run in any shoes. So I took the SATs, applied to NROTC, got accepted. I was waiting to meet uh, the officer selection officer, fall of 93, and I had to become a little bit of a bragging point for my platoon. Uh, it seemed I was going, it was going to happen. You know, I was pleased and surprised, and my platoon was encouraging me. Uh, then I started having some health problems, got a lump on my neck, you know. Uh, it turned out, I'm just going to skip through a little bit, it turned out to be a cat scratch fever. Cat scratch fever! I know, I know. When the doctor told me, first words out of my mouth was, the, the, the song? <laughs> so, cat scratch fever, 
is something you can get from a cat that has dirty claws. So be careful if you have cats. Uh, and it takes a very specific antibiotic to deal with it. And nobody asked me if I had a cat and that I didn't get the specific antibody. So they decided to do a biopsy uh, on me. And unfortunately, I lost the use of my right arm for about three years uh, due to some nerve damage. Um, and so I, I got separated early. I had no intention of getting out. I had, my plan was to be a career Marine. And suddenly, here I am in the world. Not a And let me tell you, a couple of decades worth of going, thinking to myself, I'm going to wake up any time. <laughs> it was it was surprising. It was jarring. And when you get out, it's not like the military. It's very different. And there's there's a camaraderie. I don't. I haven't experienced in my life since. Never been around that many people my own age. When I went to college after I got out through Chapter Thirty One. Vocational rehabilitation, VA. It, it, I got to college and everybody I graduated with were seniors and I was just coming in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I wasn't sure what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. And, and things were different then. Things were very different. Uh, ooh, let's see how much of a battery we've got. I might have to cut this short. Okay, we're going to quicken it up a little bit. Uh, so it is a thing. So I graduated college in 1998 with, with a bachelor's in history. And I didn't want to be a teacher. So what happened? Life. Life happened. Life happened all the way here. And it, I kept waiting for it to give me a break, but it didn't. It just kept happening to me. Uh, smack dab in the middle of what everyone would call a life well, I mean, an outside observer might say a midlife crisis. I don't choose to see it as midlife crisis so much as coming to grips with and accepting who I am. And, and all of us should be at that point. Do you have to change or do you just have to accept who you are? And all my life, I've, I've done all kinds of service, uh, from church organizations to the demolays, to putting out flags around town. For businesses, my grandfather was a Mason, 33rd degree Mason. My grandfather, uh, he flew over to North Africa for the Army Air Corps. He was uh, found, got a battlefield commission, taught uh, flight school out of Pecos. Uh, he was a hero to me. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to, to have a look of pride in his eyes when he looked at me. Let's put it that way. So... I was looking to get as much out of life as I put into it. And frankly, it felt like I'd put way more into it than I was ever going to get. I wasn't necessarily in the best frame of mind when I ran into Jim Olson across the plaza of downtown San Leandro, who's telling me about the Marine Corps League. There's a veterans organization just for Marines? What? Uh, it appealed to me. It appealed to me. And he called and Offered to get me uh, coffee and donuts, which was already there, come to find out. Uh, <laughs> nice move. Uh, and, and, and here I go to this first meeting, and the, the guy who's about my age, been in the Marines 29 years, he's in the reserves, Sergeant Major. Sergeant Major Jason D. Uh, 
advising the Golden Gate Young Marines. And he gets up and he goes, I'm so glad I finally found y'all and we get to, I get to speak to y'all. We've been calling y'all the ghost detachment. For five or six years, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Nobody could find where you were. We'd hear about you, but nobody could get your emails or could find you. And here we are. And now we get to tell you about uh, what we're doing in the Golden Gate Young Marines and we'd like to get you involved. And, um, I mean, what happens next is so cliche. I mean, in fact, for decades, I've been telling myself that my life and others, it's so full of cliche. Uh, but, but the, you know, the thing about that stereotype is, is they're true. You know? It's, it's something that, well, it just plays, everyone's got their story, right? Everyone's got how and why they serve. This, this being in the foxhole in a defensive position, that's where I was when I discovered the Marine Corps League. I, I am still, I'm in my fighting hole. Are you in your fighting hole? Are you in one? Are you in a defensive position? If we're going to explore that. We're going to, we're going to look into many things as we're getting the word out. I want to bring people in. I've, I think I've already got a fairly good, decent and interesting lineup for us. Uh, people who love their jobs and I've asked them all to be thinking about when in their life have they found themselves in a fighting hole? It was a one man, two man, three person fighting hole. Uh, was it spiritual? Are they in it still? How did they succeed and get out? And why, how did they end up doing what they love? You know what they say, you do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> and you'll do it for free. So that's my standard. This is who we are. This is what we're about. Uh, we're going to be real. We're going to be honest. We're going we're to put it all out on the table, take a look at it, and all will be better. Well, we're going to get better for it. Uh, so let's wrap up. There's the Marine for Life Network. Captain Patrick Free, reservist, he also happens to work for a company. I'll let you know what it is when we have him on board. He can tell you himself. Uh, he's the representative here. You can find him on LinkedIn. He's got a uh, Marine for Life representative from the San Francisco Bay Area on there. I am also on there posting away uh, and trying to get information out to veterans about transitioning, uh, getting our acts together and working in a coordinated way. Uh, not only the detachments, but yes, first the detachments, but as a Marine, I'm focused on Marines first. That's where my heart is. So we can get the word out to you that we have resources and networks and ways that you as a Marine veteran or, or a veteran or a fleet Marine force corpsman or chaplain, you can plug into those things that maybe none of us or very few of us Seem to have had. We want you to be a success. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Yes, that is a thing. And 
what we're moving into now. It's taken what, since this, the league was started in the 20s, it's signed in uh, with a charter by Congress in the 30s. It's taken how many decades to really start implementing that? But here we are. And the next phase, I believe, is one Marine, all Marines. What happens to one Marine affects all Marines. Right? Yeah. Think on that. Let it sink and stew a bit. We're going to be exploring that again. We're going to be looking for doing at least a half-hour show every week. Uh, also, like to let you know, uh, I am open to co-hosts. I certainly wouldn't mind having a, a, a woman Marine. I think it's an important perspective to have. Uh, a corpsman, a chaplain. Let's let's really dig into this. Let's see what service is, really, and what motivates us. Let's determine to keep politics and religion out of it. Let's keep it to the things that unify us and not divide us. Uh, and that's that's pretty much the thing that I love most about the ghost detachment. Those guys were. Just putting it out on the table. We got to recruit. Look at us. Look at how old we are. And bluntly, if we don't recruit, we're going to die before all this work and what we believe in is gone. That is so brave. I just pictured them out on the front lines and they're fighting holes and going, where is everybody? Where's our relief? Well, we're on our way. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time in the fighting hole. Okay. Well, at least I have it recorded in, in just... The computer's dead. I really wanted to do it up here in the attic. The sound is amazing. Uh, so, uh, post-credits. Uh, yeah, the computer died, you know. I don't know where the power cords are, but I really like the sound. I really like the feel. It's comfortable. And I and I, will, I believe it's vitally important that if we're doing something like this, if I'm doing this as a host, I need to feel comfortable, uh, surrounded by things that make me, well, that help me relax, open up and talk to you in the future. So you're not here now to listen to me. Uh, but I think you're going to enjoy it. And this is just to start. Uh, I know I enjoy it and I always enjoy things people do. You can feel and tell when they enjoy it. You see a band that's up there playing to earn money. It's quite a different experience when they're just into it. Right? So I'm into this. I spent a lot of time on it. Uh, and it's only the start, and we've got many other things in the frying pan. Uh, as long as uh, I'm able to do this, I will. And I, I want to thank the Marine Corps League and the Marine for Life Network for providing a platform whereby I could launch into this, where I get to have a, a little bit of dabbling in, in writing and in, in radio broadcasting. <clears throat> always been told, always been told that uh, 
that I had a voice for radio. And here it is. That's, let's see if it's the kind of thing that was right. If Let's see if Dr. LeMaster was dead on when he took off his glasses and said, Adrian, you need to be in radio. That's what you need to do. Really? Semper Fi, Semper Gumby. Doing it for the good of the league. Doing it for my good. And it's going to end up being for your good, too. We're going to bring some good information. All right? We'll see you back here in the fighting hole. And uh, see if anybody joins us. All right? Sing it out.